Hello and welcome to RazorPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. Tonight is the 28th of November and we are mercifully at the end of the Razorback football season. Uh, no doubt that we're not going to a bowl. No suspense there. Um, not even the uh, South American Bowl that is played on the deserted island somewhere. We're not even going to that. So um, Razorbacks finish 2-10 and ten on the season, uh, one of the more disappointing and fruitless seasons in Razorback history, and uh, finishing up with a 52-6 demolishment at the hands of Mississippi State and then a 38 to nothing blanking at the hands of Missouri and Columbia on Thanksgiving Friday. Uh, Johnny, or Jimmy G., and Tom Logan joining me tonight. Uh, guys, just not a whole lot more to say about the Razorback football season this year, is there? And that right there, Fred. In response to that question. Uh, <laughs> and closing rants? Closing rants. <laughs> Anything uh, less to say? Uh so let me let me just call on you so you can have your final say. Uh, Tom Logan, you first. Your final thoughts on the race back to season? Well, um, I mean it was it was it was depressing, um, and uh, it was difficult. Um, it was never inspiring or. Um, something to look forward to. It was a drudge. It was really, it, it got to be a real drudge to watch the games. Uh, and, and, and I, and that's just me, the fan speaking. And, and I know the players felt even worse because they certainly played like it. And it, it, it doesn't give you really anything to look forward to. You know, there's no, I can't really think of a a young bright spot or or something to say. You know, in a, in a year, that guy's really gonna get it together, or you know, we're we're maybe a player away from a complete uh, unit group or any of those things. It's it's hard to see uh, where you're going to. It's hard to see how you can go from that team to competitive in one year. And by competitive, I don't mean competitive against the top of the conference. I mean competitive for, uh, you know, for, a, to, for against the lower half of the conference and a potential, you know, bowl opportunity. It's just hard to see how that – how we can make that transition based on uh, the last half of the year particularly. And, and the first half – it was was terrible, and it's but it was still better than the last half, and and boy that that really that, that's really troubling. You know we got guys, you know not playing because they were talking to cheerleaders. I still don't understand that. Um, you know we we got our backup quarterback not making the final trip. Who knows how many players are going to be? Yeah, and the final two. I mean. Who knows how many players are going to leave this program um, in the off season, and 
you know, I know we're signing 29. I wish we could, I wish we could do the old Houston nut and sign 42 or whatever it was. He signed that first year old miss three players this year <laughs> because, because we need them all. I mean, we need to, we need them all. Um, and, and, you know, it's probably not as bad as, um, as it seems because there was such a problem, obviously, with morale and chemistry that certainly there just has to be some guys on the team that are just looking for an opportunity to play, have some talent to play, and that for whatever reason uh, they were, you know, playing with a bunch of people who were uninspired or, you know, not ready to play for, for whatever reason, and they weren't able to showcase any ability. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it, – it, we, we lost 10 games. Uh, and uh, that really that – was that really says it all. Uh, Old-style timer. To you next, final thoughts on Razorback season? Um, well, I mean, it's hard to disagree or it's hard not to just say, yeah, I agree with Tom's thoughts. It was, uh, frustrating, uh, disappointing, which is hard word because, I mean, you you didn't really have any high expectations for this year. Um, you knew going in, it was going to be difficult because, uh, dealing with, I mean, there's not a lot of speed on the roster which is a nightmare in the SEC. Uh, there was a complete 180 shift in philosophy from what Bielema wanted to do to what Morris wants to do. Uh, there wasn't a quarterback on campus that could run Morris's system. And, I mean, i almost positive that the, we talked about this the last show last year about – you know, there maybe not being a quarterback on the roster, and it wasn't a secret. It wasn't like we unearthed something because we're so brilliant. It's like everybody was talking about it. Is there a quarterback? That, and the answer was no. And so, if you don't, all those things factored in, it was going to lead to a bad season. But I think what really just caught everybody off guard is how bad it was. Um, I think most people, you know, repeated four and eight last year, uh, five and seven, and maybe some. Uh, really noticeable improvements throughout the year versus uh, one step forward, two steps back, even if or half step forward, two steps back kind of improvement. Um, and then just the nosedive the last two games, you know, outscored 90 to six, uh, didn't score a touchdown in, uh, against Miss in Starkville or in Columbia. Uh, didn't even score a point in Columbia. Um, I don't know. The whole thing just added up to a bad uh, situation and, uh, I certainly don't think it's fair for people to write off Morris after one season. Um, let him get a couple of three recruiting classes in here, you know, three, maybe two more, two or three more years down the road. You can see where it's going. Um, totally fair. But I also think it's uh, completely fair to criticize uh, some of the decisions Morris made, um, maybe uh, some of the staff decisions he made, the uh, – inability to motivate or even like get this team together i mean you know if you want to look for some broad spots i think you can find a few i think rakeem boyd was really good this year um you know story's not obviously an sec quarterback but you know dude he never quit i mean he kept taking a pounding back there uh and just kept coming back and you know 
I know this is really bad. It really means nothing almost. But, you know, if he and Boyd don't get banged up on the turf in that Ole Miss game, you know, Arkansas probably gets at least one conference win because they kind of look like they're taking control in the third quarter of that game. But So, I mean, so it's all War Memorial's fault. Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> the way they got slammed, it could have happened at Razorback Stadium, the way they got slammed into the turf. So I'm just saying that's where their injuries occurred. Yeah. Um, you know, your head bounces off the turf. Even if it's grass, your head bounces the way the authorities did. You're going to go in contestant protocol. Um, so, but, yeah, there's really very few bright spots <laughs> to talk about. So, you know, and I don't I don't know. We'll see about the recruits. It, it looks promising that, you just, you know, you know they're going to take their lumps as a young team. Johnny Fayetteville has joined us in progress. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, guys. And, uh, Johnny, same question to you. Well, I think it's been touched on. It's all a matter of degree. I think if everything went right this season, we had great attitude, great buy-in, everything was, was, was right, everything broke our way, we were still probably looking at a 500 at best season. I think the really disappointing thing to me is the clear dissension and the clear uh, lack of desire and the clear um, lack of buy-in. You know, we said it before on this show dating back many, many years that most fans, Razorback fans especially, you know, we can deal with some bad seasons. We can deal with some bad games. But what really irks fans is when the team quits. This team quit. It was obvious. Um, it's obvious the team was not on the same page. I, Cole Kelly's not injured. Cole Kelly's transferring. He did, he did not make the trips to um, Starkville and um, uh, uh, Missouri because he apparently got some reps at tight end, didn't like it, quit. I don't ever expect him to be on the field again for the Razorbacks. He's not the only one. I bet we'll have a lot of upperclassmen, uh, junior eligible juniors, declare. Um, I think there's going to be a mass exodus for this program. And frankly, that's probably what needs to happen. It's a real thing of Morris. I'm not saying it's an easy job. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's, it, to be, it was expected that he did it you know, with flying colors, but it's on Morris that he was not able to get this team on the same page. Now, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum, how hard that is. Uh, we've seen it uh, in several transitions in this program and around the country. But um, it falls in the head coach. He did not get his guys to buy in. He did not get them to mesh. He did not get them. Um, he did not get them on the same page and, and playing for each other. And that's what a team got to do. So I mean, I'm saying, you know, even if even if even if everything was great, we didn't have the personnel to really compete at the at the upper end at all, even the middle end. Um, but the way it went with the, the poor effort. Um, it's it's really I'll just borrow Morris's terms. It's unacceptable. You know the questions I have, and I really want to be critical of Morris a little bit. Is what what was he seeing? You know, I, why did it take us until you know? Why, why why did we have such quarterback issues? Why did we have what what was he seeing in pre in spring practice and preseason? Led you know to, to some of these personnel issues because. It's it's confusing to me, and again, I'm not saying that that, that Ty Story is a great player. I don't even think he's an SEC starter, but he was clearly the better option. And he, 
had to basically fight the first three or four games of the season to get on the field. So I, I don't know. It's it's some of his personnel decisions are strange. Um, I don't know. He's got a lot of answers. You know, there's there's as Tom said, there's not a lot of hope uh, going out in the off season. Um, I don't think you 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 improve that much with a bunch of freshmen necessarily. I think there there can be improvement, but um, you know, to 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 a winning season, that that's hard to see, and that's just discouraging as a fan. I expect there to be, you know, quite a bit of grumbling around the program um, next fall. So, so I guess I'll address that real quickly. I mean, do you think Johnny that he just wasn't able to say what he was really thinking? Like, oh goodness, I'm in a mess here. I mean, is that? Yes. Let me take. It's a fine line, you know. I mean, I, I'm 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 empathetic for Morris because he was in a really tough spot. You can't say what he what everyone knew, and what he probably had. He. he a lot of the players that were on his team are not worth a damn. They're just not, especially not for his system. And they're not talented. They're not, they don't have speed. They can't run his system. And I, I'm sure it's hard as a coach because you're going to have, I'll I, I bet dollars to donuts, the factions that developed were Bielema's guys who were basically being told in social media and online and call in shows they're not good enough. And the guys Morris brought in as freshmen and the guys that he brought in, I, I would bet you there were camps that developed. Um, I, it's, it's a, that's a tough coaching job, man. It's tough. And he, obviously he wasn't able to do it. And, um, you know, I will bet you that, that the bigger parts of the transfers and leaving early will come from the, from one group and the other group won't. So, Okay. Uh, Tom or, or Jimmy G, any other thoughts with regard to the Razorbacks before we move on? Uh, yeah. I I hate to pinpoint, like, this whole thing. I don't think we've been ever better than five and seven. But I think all that stuff we heard when he got hired and hammer down and like we go in the fast lane with all this stuff, all the slogans and all the way he likes to play and go, go all this stuff. I think it boiled down. His first big call was fourth and one from midfield against an inferior Colorado state team that we had on the ropes, either the, the start of the fourth quarter. And he punted, he punted. We never stopped him again and we never scored again. And all of a sudden our season's in a t- tailspin. So that begs the question, if you're not going to do it then, if you're not going to go for it on fourth and one at midfield with an 18-point lead, start of the fourth quarter, and a chance to end that game right there, then when are you going to do it? When are you going to live up to that philosophy that you've given us? So there was your chance. Words are are great, but you have to carry them. They have to, have to be action associated with it. And I think right there told me what – and look, he may get better with more better personnel, but at some point that's just a philosophy. You either go for it or you don't. And – we were superior to them. We uh, all the team, many teams we played, we weren't. We were superior to Colorado State, and he punted. And so right then, I think at that at that point, a lot of players, basically, Bealum players started checking out. And I think that you could trace the utter disaster just about from that point forward. It just kind of snowballed, and that started the ball rolling. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point is that you forget that Colorado State game. You know, we win that game, again, up 27-6 in the, late in the second half. And I'm not saying the season turns out differently because I don't think it does, but I think it really caused that team to go into the tailspin. Now, we're probably never winning the North Texas game. We just – even if we had beaten Colorado State, although I think there was a hangover. Whatever. It, I mean, we've already spent too much time talking about this shitbag of a season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just – it's bad. It's really got nowhere to go but up next year. So it's a rebuilding process, and we're just going to have to wait it out. And it stinks, and it's ugly, and we're all – impatient about it, but there's not a whole lot of choice at this point. All right. Uh, well, Jimmy G, one of well, see, the best thing I think, I think we are a little patient. I, I, I think this was so bad the way, especially the way it ended in the tailspin. I mean, I, I, I could be patient. Jimmy G was right. I mean, we could have gone four and eight, maybe one, one conference game, <coughs> you know, maybe two, and I could have lived with it, and I could have. But it, it, it's the way that this season went, and the the the, the clear internal strife that, that has just got me so chaffed. And I think I don't I don't think I'm the only one. I, I'm I'm patient with, with 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 losses. I'm not I'm not patient with crappy effort and dissension and all that stuff. Yeah, we had all that. So. There's just, we had that. We had, yes, that was true. Uh, Jim G, one of our favorite weeks of the year, championship week and uh, Army Navy predictions. So uh, why don't you go ahead and take us through the the picks? All right. Um, Well, of course, uh, we skipped robbery week, and uh, Logan's pretty much skipped every week since September. So, uh, I go the rope. We didn't have, uh, we had no picks robbery week. We didn't even do an email pick. So, um, we had to go back to, uh, the week of the Arkansas Mississippi State game. Um, I, I assume the whole crew would have picked Missouri to win, but we can't just add that onto our record. So, uh, our records are, uh, Johnny's at, uh, has got one less game than the rest of us. He's at 48 and 17. His sleeper pick, Cal and Stanford, that game will be Saturday. Mm. Uh, he got moved back due to the wildfires. Um, so he's still got that hanging out there. Uh, I am 47 and 19. Uh, Patrick is uh, 40 and 26. And Logan has picked about 30 less games than the rest of us. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, but, uh, Still a lot to play for. Um, depending on the result of that Cal-Stanford game, Johnny could have a two-game lead or a one-game lead going into these uh, championship games. Uh, I've selected all the Power 5 championship games except one. I kicked out Pitt, Pitt and Clemson. I uh, didn't think anybody had any interest in hearing us pick that game. So uh, I substituted the uh, Memphis UCF, the American Championship game, in place because that was a one-point game in the regular season and should probably offer a lot more intrigue than uh, the, well, Pitt, who just came off a uh, – has got a beat down by a really mediocre Miami team last week uh, to really <laughs> come into this <laughs> ACC Championship game and 
uh, with a lot of momentum going. Uh, seven <laughs> five, the Panthers are. So, uh, and pre- probably pretty fortunate to be seven and five. Um, but anyway, we'll uh, skip that one. So we'll start off kind of in the order the games are being played. Uh, Friday night, uh, the Pac-12 championship game, uh, Utah versus Washington. Uh, wherever it's being – Santa Clara, I believe, is being played. Um, I think their tickets you could probably get in for uh, three or four bucks to this game. <laughs> Both teams are, I believe, are nine and three. Uh, neither is uh, – Utah hadn't been in the playoff discussion the whole year. Washington uh, basically excused themselves uh, Labor Day. That's right. Auburn. Um, and then just cemented the deal sometime in October. So, uh, yeah, looking good for the Pac-12, but it should be a pretty fairly even game. I think Washington's slightly favored, but uh, Utah's been playing well um, and got a miraculous win over rival BYU last Saturday. Uh, big comeback. And then Washington in a big game in Pullman kept Washington State out of this game and uh, possibly out of the playoff discussion with a, a big win in, uh, in the snow last Friday night, the game that was a little bit overshadowed because it was going at the same time as West Virginia and OU, the pyrotechnics uh, there in Morgantown. So, anyway, uh, Pac-12 championship game should be a wild atmosphere. Uh, so, we'll start with you, Patrick. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Washington. Uh, you know, how much do you attribute last week's upset in the Apple Cup to uh, the weather? How much do you attribute it to Washington State just being kind of a fluky Mike Leach special kind of team? You know, who knows? I think Washington plays pretty solid. And the good thing is they're going up against their mirror image in Utah, that these two teams are basically completely alike. Uh, Utah likes to ground a pound, and Washington, while I don't think that's Chris Peterson's natural style, that's kind of the way they're built, is is sort of blah offensively, just kind of ball control and, and play good defense and, so I'm going to pick the Huskies. Uh, it's not going to be a real exciting game. In fact, it'll be probably closer to watching paint dry, but I'll still watch it because it's the end of the college football season. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Huskies will pull it out, score, oh, I don't know, uh, 28 to 21. All right. Uh, Johnny? I agree with that. Um this is going to be kind of a stinker. I mean, um, neither team is is what you call explosive. Uh, although I think Washington's got a little bit more in the speed category than Utah. Utah is really a ground and pound, play defense type type of team. Um, I got a feeling this is a you know, they, you know I, I say this two teams that really don't light up a scoreboard. I, I predict a rock fight. I'm sure they'll both score forty points, but. Um, I, I'll take the Huskies. Agree with a lot of Patrick's analysis. Uh, take Washington final score twenty four twenty one. Tom, uh, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the contrarian. I'm gonna go with Utah. Uh, I think Washington's got a little bit of an Apple Cup hangover. This is obviously the championship game, but uh, it's one that really isn't on anybody's radar. I think they probably. Uh, put more stock in that in that game in Pullman last week. Um, Utah obviously has come off a big win with their rival Brigham Young, 
but uh, I think they they may see this as an opportunity. They may not get many chances at, at a uh, winning a, a Pac-12 title, uh, and uh, I think they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, going with the Utes, twenty to seventeen. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, I think that they finally the last three weeks of the season, put it all together with everybody while they were so high ranked start of the year and uh, whatever was going on with Jake Browning in October seemed to get righted in November. Uh, they, well, Washington State's a great story. They're, they're, uh, the pod members are fans of the program, but let's be honest, Washington's better than Washington State and they have better players. They're more talented. And as much as we love Mike Leach, Peterson's a better coach. And I think that bore itself out last Friday night. Um, I think the Huskies are uh, also better than Utah. Um, and they want to go to the Rose Bowl, and they want to uh, prove that they were one of the top ten teams in the country against a good big – whoever the Big Ten representative is out there. And uh, I don't think anybody wants to see Utah in a Rose Bowl. So just for that – just for that fact, I'm going to pick the Huskies because I really don't want to see Utah anywhere near the New Year's Six. So, well, not just for that reason, but I do think Washington's good, and I think they're starting to play better now. Uh, I think Jake Browning makes a difference, and Washington wins 27-17. Uh, to 17. All right. Uh, Saturday, and uh, it starts off big, uh, 11 a.m., just like the kickoff at the Cotton Bowl in October, OU in Texas, this time in Jerry World. So, uh, a lot of People have been uh, wondering when the OU Texas regular season game was going to move to the co- I mean, move to Jerry World. Uh, well, here's their chance to see what it's going to be like, and I think the atmosphere will be uh, pretty electric inside there. That uh, one. So, uh, let's Tom. We'll start with you. Yeah, as uh, as as maybe disappointed as the Pac-12 officials are. With their championship matchup, uh, the Big Twelve officials they they got to be you know dancing in the streets. Uh, Texas OU at Jerry World. That, it's almost worth uh, going down to to watch just as a fan. Uh, I would be, go and offer something else. Yeah, I mean it should be bananas down there. <laughs> OU. Uh, with a legit chance to get in the playoff, Texas, the resurgent story. Uh, you know, the Longhorn fans have to be riding on cloud nine right now. Uh, second year coach, you know, this is just, they're, they're both teams are have to be riding a high. And, uh, it, it should be a, it should be a fun game. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, I mean, obviously Texas got them uh, the first time this year. I, I think Oklahoma's a better team now than they were then, and their their offense is just really unstoppable. Uh, now their defense is not uh, very good, but um, I don't think you're going to see as an explosive attack from Texas as you got from West Virginia. You know, OU's defense did make, you know, the plays they needed to make, scored two touchdowns, and, and that was the difference uh, in a very rowdy uh, atmosphere in Morgantown. So I think Oklahoma's just a little better this year. 
Um, yeah, I think they're going to get their revenge. I like I like the Sooners. I think they kind of stretch it out toward the end and uh, and win. I'm going to say 40, uh, 52 to 35. Patrick. Yeah, I mean it's it's tempting to pick Texas, but it is so hard for them to I think win this game twice, and uh, it was such a weird game the first time these two played, and OU gave up the big lead. Texas came back. You know, it's uh, it's just such a hard pick to go with Texas here, and I like what they've done. They've really kind of. Right of the ship, they've won some games down the stretch that I really didn't think they had any right to win. But um, you know, I still don't. Oklahoma's playing at such a high level right now. There's just it. I don't see it. I see OU, and I see it being not a very good game. Frankly, I think OU was just sort of weathered the storm of whatever was going on with them early in the year. And uh, I think they're in good shape now. I, I do. I think especially against the Texas team who just isn't all that good. And uh, I think uh, I think it's OU. I think they're going to score a bunch of points. And uh, I think that's 48, 49, 48 to – 38 OU. All right. Um, yeah, just looking over some of the numbers they were talking about, OU's averaging a yard per play more than Alabama, who's number two. And, I mean, that's a mind-blowing statistic because you know how good Alabama's offense is. And it's not just all the defenses they're facing because, I mean, Alabama has played Arkansas and uh, some other woeful teams. So – uh, some of it's some of the Big 12 defenses, but not all of it. So their offense is, is just mind-numbingly good. Their de- their defense is just as head-shakingly bad. But as Tom pointed out, they did make a couple of plays that uh, proved to be a difference in Morgantown last week. Uh, Texas, you know, you know, their losses were, you know, they, they lost on a late two-point conversion to West Virginia. Uh, so that's their. They lost to Maryland in the first game of the year in a game up at where the Redskins Stadium, and uh, it was a lightning delay. And uh, frankly, they just didn't look very good against Maryland. Um, but hey, Maryland made Ohio State look bad too for most of the game. So, um, really, no awful losses on their uh, resume. They looked really good against Iowa State in a game a lot of people were picking Iowa State to win. Texas controlled that game throughout. Um, and which kept Iowa State out of the Big 12 championship game, which I think, uh, no disrespect to the Cyclones, but as Tom pointed out, I think the Big 12 office is thrilled this isn't Iowa State-Oklahoma part two. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I just with my heart, I'm going to pick OU. I'd love to see them in the playoff. I don't think they would beat Alabama, but I'd just like to see what their offense could do against Alabama to see uh, what kind of uh, score they'd put up. Uh, against the, I mean, if Arkansas scored 31 on Alabama, but that I don't know, that seems to be a huge outlier. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to take the Sooners in what should be a great atmosphere. 
uh, Inside Jerry World, OU uh, 49, Texas 35. Johnny? Got to go with OU here. Um, you know, I think if OU's defense plays poorly, they'll win by three to seven points. I think if they get a couple big defensive plays like they did last couple weeks, they'll probably win by about 10 or 14. So, um, I, I, everyone said it. You know, OU's offense is just crazy. Their defense is fairly atrocious. Um Really, their only hope defensively is to get a takeaway. Maybe like they give a couple defensive touchdowns. Um, I think it's all a matter of degree and the final result in this game. Um, I think there's, and of course, there is a revenge factor. You know, they, I don't think you discount that. That's a rivalry game. Uh, Texas gotten uh, the only blemish on Oklahoma's schedule. I think there is some payback, uh, especially with what might be on the line. You know, getting in a chance for to, to getting the, the uh, uh, line for national title. So. You can't discount the motivation. You can't discount, you know, obviously o- OU's offense. Um, in Texas, they, they haven't done what they did against Texas. That 48-45 game back in, Oklahoma, in, in, in October, that was the norm for OU, but that's been the outlier scoring-wise for Texas. You know, I think they scored 48 points the last two weeks combined. So, um, don't think they had the firepower to get a shootout with OU, and I think OU might actually make a defensive play to – Stretch the lead out. I'll take, I'll take the Sooners. Final score, 52-40. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's go to, well, I guess, Indianapolis, where Northwestern uh, improbably in, is in the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State, uh, who put on one of the more, I would say, breathtaking performances of the season last Saturday against Michigan in just the – I mean, it – what a beatdown, uh, especially with that defense that Michigan carried in there. And I think we finally saw the Ohio State. I know people are going to laugh, but uh, we all watched that game together. We finally saw the Ohio State from the TCU game. I mean, just the athletes running up and down the field. And, you know, it's a little shocking that TCU turned out so bad, too, because that was one of the – I mean, that was one of my top five games of the year. That game was a lot of fun to watch, a lot of athletes, a lot of – big plays and speed to burn. And we saw that Ohio State against Michigan, and it was just unbelievable. And Michigan had no answers, uh, even at halftime, no adjustments. They couldn't slow down Ohio State. So uh, Northwestern, I think Logan sent us a stat the other day. They're 15-1 and one in their last 16 Big Ten games. Uh, that's <laughs> embarrassing for the Big Ten on many fronts. Uh, Hogs are one in 15. Hogs, who we beat? <laughs> Old Miss on the last second field goal. And I think both stats are equally embarrassing. Um, ours, because of Arkansas, should be embarrassed. And then the Big Ten should be embarrassed that Northwestern is ever 15-1 and one at anything, much less football. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if they get to 16-1. and one. Uh, And we'll let, Pat, we'll let Patrick Williams go first since he's a Big Ten expert. He may not appreciate some of these shots, but his Iowa Hawkeyes have been on the receiving end of a couple of Northwestern wins. Yes, that's right. Uh, a fourteen to ten barn burner, if dare I say, <laughs> in Iowa City. Something uh, burner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> burner. Um, take the under. Uh, obviously, the rule in uh, in every Big Ten game, especially when you talk about Iowa, um, the Big Ten, the anti Big Twelve, which just makes all the sense in the world. You know, it's so hard to 
pick against Ohio State, although I would love to see Northwestern win this game. And I, and it's not certainly not through any love of Fat Pittsgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats. <laughs> it's uh, it's just <laughs> that Ohio State, they just have no business being – I mean, this was Michigan's year. This was – they were finally good enough. They finally had the right team. They finally had a defense with a good enough offense to to make this happen and then just go out and get relaxed. And, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who just can't catch a break, and I know he's not everyone's favorite, but Harbaugh, man, I mean, if you, you were ever going to do it, this was the year to do it. And you had everything set up right and just laid a complete egg. And – I will agree with Jimmy G. That Ohio State team looked good and fast and ready to roll. I think I think my head says they're going to roll. They're going to roll. They're going to score as many as they want on uh, Northwestern. And it's not. this is not going to be a fun game for anybody, uh, spectators included. So I hate it. I would love to see Northwestern kind of pull the garbage – Shocker upset, and I think most of America would feel the same way. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's Ohio State, uh, probably 41, Northwestern 14. Um, hard to disagree with that. Uh, I mean, I think most of the country outside of the Ohio State fans wants to see Northwestern win this game. Um, I, I don't see uh, – Northwestern's secondary being able to match up with all the weapons that Ohio State can throw out, um, and including the freshmen that had barely played till the last couple of weeks. LA, who just went crazy on Michigan in the first half. Uh, obviously, uh, Paris Warren out on the edge out there. Uh, North Little Rock's own KJ Hill uh, oh. had the uh, big game winning touchdown against Penn State, uh, is out there for them. Um, uh, kudos to KJ Hill. I mean, that dude, he made the right decision for himself. I can't argue that. He's having a lot of success at Ohio State, and uh, he's playing in the Big Ten Championship game and uh, has a big bowl game and maybe even a playoff in his future. While if he'd come here, uh, we might have been 4 and 8 this year with him uh, instead of <laughs> 2 and 10. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, if you get the Ohio State to play against Michigan, it's a total mismatch. If you get Ohio State that showed up against Maryland or Nebraska or uh, Purdue, especially Purdue, uh, then you've got a real uh, uh, Donnybrook on your hands. And who knows what happens then. Ohio State is the outlier of the Big Ten. They're a little bit like a Big 12 team. Uh, Great offense, really not much defense. So, but what I think is going to happen, and I'm sure Born Red can correct me, I remember it was circa 2000, 2000, it wasn't 2001, but I think it was about 2000 when Northwestern and Nebraska met in the Alamo Bowl, and everybody was all excited. It looked like a really intriguing matchup, 10-2 and two or 9-3 Northwestern, high-flying offense. I think Nebraska won 66-10 to 10 or 66-17. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what we're in for Saturday. So I'm going to go with Ohio State uh, 59, uh, Northwestern 13. And uh, I'm just going to pray that's not enough for the committee to vault them over OU if OU does win. Uh, Johnny, 
You know, is there a team that you that anyone loves to hate more right now than 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 Ohio State? Um, you know, Meyer has not endeared himself to anybody. You know, the way they've handled their program has been handled the last um, last few months or you know year. Not building a lot of a uh, lot of new fans, but you know, I read a stat today that said that um, you know Northwestern's only averaged about twenty two points a game. Um, or 23 maybe some points a game. And there's only 22 teams in all of college football averaging fewer points. You know, that's a common refrain we've had today and the common refrain we've had throughout this college football season is that the way offenses are progressing and the skill level on the offensive side of the ball with a lot of teams is that if you don't have the firepower to keep up, you're just in a world of hurt. And I think that's where Northwestern's headed. I, I think they're headed for, you know, a game they just can't, keep up and they are not going to be able to slow down. Um, they don't have the athletes at Northwestern to slow down Ohio state to keep it into a game in a pace. It's almost like basketball. You know, we talk about that more often in basketball, but I don't think it's like a game with that, a way they can keep the pace as to where they'll have a chance to win. Um, it's weird. It's, you know, and I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this game today, that it, it, the analysis, the way I look at a lot of these games is similar to basketball anymore. That's the way I look at a lot of OU games. I mean, it's the, kind of how I thought about OU and Texas. I mean, can, can Texas score with them? I, I don't see it. You know, can Northwestern, are, are they good enough defensively to slow down and, and keep this game in the 20s? I, I don't think so, because that's what they're going to have to do, in my opinion, to beat Ohio State. So, I, I don't know. That's just the kind of analogy I came up with. There's a lot of basketball, you know, theories or or, or about tempo and pacing that I think are apropos in football now. So I think I think Ohio State's going to be tough to beat. Obviously, coming off a huge win, where you know they just looked really impressive. Dwayne Haskins looked, I mean, sharp as a tack. Think he keeps it rolling this week. Maybe not to quite to that level in a big rivalry game. But I think it's enough to get it done. I'm taking Ohio State final score, 45 to 21. Tom, yeah, I mean it's impossible for me to disagree with that. The analysis, I mean, I don't see Mer- or Northwestern able to keep it close. They may hang around for a, for a quarter, but I think it's going to get out of hand in the second half and uh, not really ever be in doubt. So I'm going to go Ohio State 48-28. to Wow, you'd think Ohio State was a team that was 15-1 and in their last 16-15 games. (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh, Speaking of winning streaks, and there's not a one in the lost column for UCF, uh, I believe they're at 24 straight, uh, two past the Razorbacks' historic uh, oh. video release a few <laughs> years ago, 22 straight. So oh, I bet the videos are flying off the shelves in Orlando. <laughs> so uh, the Golden Knights uh, hosting Memphis this time. Oh. Uh, they won a barn burner, 31-30 over Memphis in the regular season at the historic Liberty Bowl. Uh, <laughs> came back from a big deficit and won that game in the second half. Uh, but uh, just a awful injury to UCF's quarterback in their season finale. Uh, clearly, uh, really severe knee injury. He's obviously out for the rest of the season. 
So uh, they've got a backup quarterback coming in. And Memphis uh, looked really good against Houston. I uh, watched pockets of that game. I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and uh, Farmageddon. Uh, <laughs> I will say that Houston and Memphis a little bit more up and down the field, though Nebraska and Iowa, their offense has played uh, pretty well. Um, yeah, that was a good so, game. Uh, but not quite as the fireworks that Houston and Memphis had going, but still uh, both competitive games. Of course, then at one thirty, when those games were getting good, it was time to flip over to Arkansas and Missouri. <laughs> oh, man, was it ever. And I think the opening <laughs> shot of CBS told all you needed to know. The two Missouri flags flapping like gusting in the wind with rain pelting down. All you could see was rain. You're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, Memphis UCF, uh, I'm going to take the Golden Knights. Uh, I don't want to, but I think at home, uh, a little momentum. I think the, even with Milton out, they're going to rally around and play for him. And uh, They've got enough talent everywhere else up and down the board to uh, – dispatch of the Memphis Tigers, uh, whose coach could have been on our sidelines this year, but he's still got things rolling pretty well in Memphis. Um, but I think it's a tight game for three quarters, and then UCF uh, maybe forces a turnover and then pulls away in the uh, fourth quarter. I'll say UCF 41, Memphis 28. Uh, Tom. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's going to be UCF's game. The uh, loss of the quarterback, big deal, obviously, uh, for perhaps the bowl game. I don't think Memphis is the same quality squad they were last year. And uh, so I, I think UCF's overall talent is going to be sufficient, especially playing uh, at home to, to get it done. Uh, so I'm going to go with UCF. Um, 35-24. All right, uh, Johnny. When I, I'm going to assume this game, uh, the line is off since Mackenzie Milton suffered that gruesome injury this last week. Um, it makes the spread a little hard for me to pick. I do think they'll probably struggle at times. Um, you know, moving into a, you know, one-week preparation from your obvious, your clear team leader, um, directing a high-powered offense. There's going to long be week, bump- though, Johnny. They play Friday. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that, long that, week. Week. that long week makes all the difference. <laughs> but, you know, I think they're gonna, there's, there's going to be some, some you know, looking around for him at some point, especially if they uh, encounter any adversity. I really want to pick against UCF. I really do. I think, I think this is going to be a hard, harder game than they, than they might even realize. But I'm, I think they're going to squeak it out at home. Um, they do have a lot of talent around McKenzie Milton, um, but I do think they're going to struggle. I think the Golden Knights get it done. Final score thirty-one thirty. Oh, a repeat the uh, regular season game, hmm. Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what Johnny said. I mean, well, hold on, Patrick. Patrick, since you're the host, are you going to go swami on us and tell us this pick is a, like a quintuple up to catch up? <laughs> If he was like five under five hundred, he'd say his last pick of the season was worth fifteen games or something. <laughs> no, no shenanigans. I, I was relatively surprised that uh, my my score was not underwater. So I'm just going to kind of take my uh, above the Mendoza line and and run with it. Um, I'm, I'm picking you. UCF here as well, but I don't love it. And I like a lot of what Johnny said about it being a much tougher game. 
than, than what people think. You know, everyone's kind of drinking the UCF Kool-Aid, but Mackenzie Milton's a big loss, and it's, that's a tough person to replace. So I, I think that uh, it's going to be UCF. Let's go, Swami, just because you, you kind of put it out there, Jimmy G. 33-29, UCF. <laughs> oh, good, good. All right. Um, well, now the big one. Uh, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, both teams in the top four of the playoff standings, Alabama at one, Georgia at four. Obviously, Alabama's probably in the playoff no matter what happens. I think the only scenario where they might is they lose 52 to nothing and Tagovailoa gets knocked out with an injury that would keep him from playing in the playoffs. I would think that's about the only way. Uh, there's some talk that Georgia, if they lost in overtime or field goal, could still stay in the number four spot. I that seems a little far-fetched unless maybe Ohio State and Oklahoma both got beat. Um, but, uh, obviously, the winner of this game is in the playoff for sure. And if it's Alabama, the loser probably is in as well. So, a lot at stake here, um, and not the least of which, which is overlooked, the SEC Championship is on the line. So, uh, no small feat there, except last year Georgia won the SEC title and Alabama won the National Championship. So, uh, who knows uh, – well, I think we know which one's more important. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll go first. Um, man, I think this is going to be a great game. Um, you've seen some blueprints of how you can stay in a game with Alabama. Uh, Auburn did a fantastic <laughs> job for uh, a half. And I, I'm going to discount this. I'm not including the Citadel thing. That was just a. You know, whatever. That's, I mean, I'm not, but Auburn, again, they were completely focused from the get go. Uh, did some things to move the ball. Uh, and even in the third quarter, they scored to make it 31 uh, 21 late in the third quarter. And I, I actually had another possession deep in tied territory where they went for it instead of kicking a field goal. So uh, you're starting to see some teams uh, stay in games with Alabama. And obviously, Georgia is much better than Auburn. It's going to be at the Georgia Dome, so uh, they'll probably have a few more fans. I mean, probably close to 50-50 would be my guess. And if Georgia could get a passing game to go with their really – with Swift and Holyfield running the ball, had just a little bit better. And they showed one against Georgia Tech, but uh, I think they got a chance to win this if Fromm makes some plays. And their defense is good enough to at least – slow down the tide some, not of course nobody's gonna shut them out. Um I don't mean that. I mean nobody's gonna like completely throttle down Tagovailoa in that offense. But I'm gonna take Georgia. I just I've got a sneaky feeling that something crazy's gonna happen and uh and the SEC might end up getting two teams in. And uh I know our good friend Stat Boy, uh that would make him so happy to have two SEC teams in the playoffs, even if one of them's not Tennessee. So, uh, I'm going to say the dogs get it done. 31. To, uh, I'll go 31-30 as well. Um, oh, Red Panda. Red Panda's at Michigan, North Carolina. <laughs> doing the polls. Uh, I saw her live at the Arkansas-Indiana game, by the way. It was thrilling. As you see stuff. You didn't know if, if she going to drop the bowls. You didn't know. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, she didn't, by the way. Perfect, perfect, uh, 
perfect bowl tossing, uh, Bud Walton Arena. So I'll take Georgia. <laughs> Uh, and if you've never seen Red Panda, it was my second time to see it. It's the most thrilling of all the hokey halftime shows. Uh, now, our good friend uh, uh, Lowe, he disparaged uh, our good friends, the Quick Change crew, by saying Red Panda was much better than Quick Change. But uh, that's disrespectful in my mind because I think Quick Change is right up there with Red Panda. What, so, is, the, what is the Quick Change crew mean? Uh, quick Change is a... A uh, gentleman and lady who uh, come out and they're uh, dressed to the nines, and then they have this little curtain thing and they whirl it around and whirl it around, and all of a sudden when they whirl it around and they come out and they've got a completely out- different outfit on, and then they do all this stuff with the curtain and they change outfits like fifty times in about two or three minutes. It's just it's crazy, whirling dervish of curtains, and uh, it's hard to figure out how they did it. Uh, it's a mix of fashion and magic, all in one. It's just a tremendous show. <laughs> this is literally the most excited I've heard Jimmy G in like three years of raising so, time. So, fashion so, and magic, or they bring it out. Well, I usually over like Christmas break, I get to go to a lot of uh, really bad December basketball games at Bud Walton with our good friend, and uh, so we always have a good time dissecting the halftime shows that uh, Jeff Long and now Hunter Yurchek arrange for. Uh, the Razorback basketball, the show pay, the show place of Mid America. The- throw, throw in a bad tone of throw in a bad tone of voice, and that could have been a rant. <laughs> All right, now that I've completely diverted attention, our listeners are like, "I thought we were talking about Georgia and Alabama." Um, let's go to Tom Logan with his Georgia Alabama pick. I'm taking Georgia. Oh, you son of a! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I I agree. Jimmy G's convinced me. Um. I, 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 it seems like I, I don't know. I mean, I just got I got I got a feeling they're going to get it done. Uh, I agree that Alabama is. There's been some chinks in that offensive arm, armor in recent weeks. Perhaps people are starting to figure it out a little bit. And uh, I mean, the Alabama's defense is not. It's still. It's 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 great, but it's still not vintage. And Georgia, you know, Georgia's offense is is. It's better than Auburn's. Auburn had some success running the ball. Really, uh, no, that no other team, um, you know, Auburn hadn't run it very well on anybody this year. But they run it. They ran it successfully, especially in that first half against Alabama. Um, Georgia's running attack is fierce. Uh, I think Fromm does make some plays. I think they get it done. It's it's going to be a very very good game. Uh, excited to watch it, and tons of talent everywhere on the field. But uh, I think Georgia gets it done, forty-two to forty-one. Ooh. Uh, Patrick Williams over here. You know he's pulling a Swami now. He's like, this is worth thirty games. If I win this one, I win the regular season championship. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was. Of course, toying with Georgia until my pod mates decided to go crazy and pick against Alabama. So, you know, how do you pick against the Tide? They're only, you know, 24 and 1 in the last two years. That's like Northwestern good. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is. It, it's not quite their Jimmy G, but it, it certainly is. But when it gets picked in competition, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Leaders and legends. Um, <laughs> Nah, let's just settle down and 
realize Alabama's going to win this game. They're too good. <laughs> They're not losing this. There's just they can score 150,000 points if they want to. And I don't care if it's Georgia or Northwestern or any other powerhouse that's out there. <laughs> Alabama is head and shoulders above every other college football team this year, and it's because they are both a defensive and an offensive team. And, you know, I think what you've seen out of Alabama that, okay – makes them look mortal because they, they haven't scored 65 every game and Tua looks like he's gimping around. Well, he's still better than – obviously better than Jalen Hurts because they haven't put Jalen back out there at all, even though Tua's been hurt. Alabama's going to win. It's probably – it may be disputed in the first half. It's not going to be in the second half. I think they're going to come out and do Georgia pretty – Pretty well, I think. Uh, you know, they may not get to forty. It might be like a thirty-eight to seventeen type of game. That's my sense. So, I just think Alabama's got too much. Uh, mind you, had Tom and I both picked uh, Alabama, uh, Patrick Williams listeners would have uh, oh. told us that oh, Georgia double down on. Win. I think so. Let's talk. <laughs> Patrick Williams has never picked a game based on who he thought was going to win. He's basically picked on <laughs> what can get him back into the big standings. How's that worked out for him this year? <laughs> well, yeah. this, this one time it worked out in his favor, except I have a feeling it won't be double up to catch up because, as always, this is game is in our Arkansas slot. So uh, our uh, Johnny Fayette will always take us home in the Razorback game. So, He's going to take us home with the last game of the SEC season, uh, unless he's two meet again in the playoff. But uh, the SEC championship on the line, Johnny, Georgia Dome, Alabama-Georgia. Uh, I believe I was the only one that picked this Alabama-Georgia matchup start of the season. I think uh, Johnny had Tennessee winning the East. Uh, Boy, that was Florida stupid. winning the East. And Patrick had Vanderbilt coming out of the East. So, no. uh, <laughs> guys, what? Um, that's just, yeah, I don't that, know, that's just, that's just hey, what my calendar is. That's, 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 40, that's 45 to 17 Vanderbilt, my friends. <laughs> Donald uh, W. Riddle's Razorback Stadium. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> some reason, Patrick had Auburn coming out of the West. Johnny had the Hogs. Good pick, Johnny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, just pipe yeah. down about my Vanderbilt pick there. Sadly, Tom Logan had Missouri coming out of the West, but I had to inform him there in the East. So, uh, <laughs> never got an updated pick from Tom. So, with all that lead in, Johnny, give us let's hear your best analysis of Alabama and Georgia. I just think everyone needs to slow their roll about this. Uh, Alabama's got chinks, you know. They, you know, this Al, this how Auburn had all. Thank you, Johnny. That's right. They, well, also, still, Johnny's hated Georgia all season. He hasn't said one nice thing about there's Georgia. Cer- this there's whole certain teams. There's certain teams that have just befuddled me all season. Texas is one of them. I'm sure I missed the Big Twelve game, you know. But uh, but Alabama. And, you know, this struggle they had against Auburn, they still scored 50 points and won by 30. So, uh, I, I think they're too good. I, I just – their receivers run like gazelles. You know, Tua is other world talent. Um, I just – I can't see them not scoring, you know, 30, 35, 40 points. Um, I think it will be a close game. I do think Georgia's a good squad. I just don't think they've got the firepower to match up with Alabama. They're not going to be able to, you know – the teams that have, quote-unquote, slowed Bama down, 
Well, I heard that stat yesterday or the other day that that Tua has not thrown a had not thrown a pass in the fourth quarter until last week. So, um, you know, they're because they're just beating the crap out of people. And I think I don't think they're going to beat the crap out of Georgia, but they'll win by ten. I think they'll win by a final score of about thirty-eight to twenty-eight. That's probably with a late score by Georgia. I just I just think Alabama, like like uh, Patrick Williams said, head and shoulders. You know they're just the best team. Great offense, a good not not superb defense like what they've had in the past. But man, they can just score. They got talent all over the field. Bama thirty eight twenty eight. I was getting a little nervous against Auburn when they got to twenty one in the third quarter. I thought, are they going to score as many as the Hogs did against Alabama? And, oh, uh, so, can't have that's that. impossible. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Anyway, uh, good picks. Uh, instead of a sleeper game this uh, week, we always uh, we go a week out. Obviously, it's not this Saturday. They moved it back. It's the Saturday after Championship Saturday, so they get to stage it themselves. Uh, Army-Navy. And uh, after uh, Army not wanting for the winning for the first oh, 13, 14 years of Razor Pod, they've now won two in a row. So now they've got the winning streak going. And I believe they're in the top 25 now. And Navy's having a bit of a rough year, but they could salvage in, uh, the whole season with a uh, win over Army. So the tables have turned a little bit in this rivalry. And now Army's a solid favorite and top 25 team. And Navy's uh, – I'm not sure. Are they bowl eligible yet? Are they they're three – Navy is three, three and nine. nine yeah. Oh, they're three and nine. I thought they were like five and seven or something. Yeah. Five and six. Wow. They are a lot worse than I thought. Okay. Uh Really no mystery here. The pod crew uh, has their favorites in this game. But uh, we'll just go down the line. We'll start with Patrick. Uh, you know they're three and nine. I really honestly didn't know that. Um, but it doesn't change what I'm going to do. I, I took Navy during all the good years. I'll take them during the bad years, too. This is a not paying lip service to it. This is one of those rivalries that you can toss out the records. And Army's pretty good this year. It took OU to – Overtime, and that's great for them, but I don't think it matters in this game. I think Navy can hang with them. I'm going to pick Navy. Um, this game, it's always 17-14, so I'm going to go 17-14 Navy. <laughs> and uh, in case you are wondering, uh, if you want to see the uh, the yellow legal pad where I keep all the records here, it's uh, really high-tech stuff in Studio Jimmy G. Um, I can, If you want me to bring it, I can show you. Uh, I do put the little star above the Y when I ride Navy, so I want to make sure they – uh, get a little star there because uh, <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about, do they? No. Every time, even on the bottom line, when they run Navy scores by the Y, there's a little star by the Y. Why? So, it's been like that for like five years now. You guys really need to pay attention to these things. I have not noticed that. Yeah, well, it's hard to. It really is hard to see a huge star hanging out there like an asterisk <laughs> above the Y. So, uh, Johnny. Oh, I kind of like Patrick. You know, I, I, I usually pick Navy. I love their dress blue unis, uh, dress blue uniforms, rather. Uh, you know, their military uniforms, not their football uniforms. But <laughs> I don't know a lot about either one of these teams, got to be honest with you. I've seen Army play a little bit. They are clearly the superior team. But this is one where you throw out the record books, and if this costs me if it's the picks title, it just costs me a picks title. Or, or Navy, uh, anchors away. Uh, final score, 17-14. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Logan. 14-17 Navy. <laughs> They're going to do it. Well, 
this game has literally cost me two or three pick titles. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but hey, it was all worth it. Uh, I'm the only one on the pod crew that. Uh, I almost picked. I almost picked Army just to make Jimmy G mad. Oh, he would have come unglued. <laughs> oh, uh, about five or six years ago, Johnny, I made you change your pick. Made you change your pick. You're like, um, you can't do that. And it did cost me a pick title. It cost me a pick title. That's all right. Um, I'm the only one here that somehow uh, prefers our nation's military academy to all the other whatever came along after it. But uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, can't help it. Uh, Army, all the way. Uh, they don't have the little star above their Y. They're just plain. They're the military academy. They know what they do. They don't need to put any uh, finery around their uh, name. Uh, and I'll I'll say uh, Army seventeen, Navy fourteen. Uh, and as always, a late field goal either wins it or last year, unfortunately for Navy, and I did feel for that poor kid last year in the snow and wind. And he drilled it. I mean, he had the distance, and it just drifted a little bit wide. Um, and I believe that kid was from Arkansas, wasn't he? The Navy kicker, so. I think, was yes. from Arkansas. Yes, he was. So, uh, you really felt for him there. Uh, but great game, and I'm with Patrick and Johnny and Tom. Uh, always a great spectacle and a game that the crew would, all, would love to get to and uh, host a Razor Pod game day from someday. Uh, but first, we have to have any kind of Razor Pod game day. Uh, <laughs> <road> <laughs> So, uh, maybe next year, Little Rock uh, for the Missouri, the Battle Line Rivalry. We may break oh, oh, yes. Uh, so, Patrick, that's it. That's the picks. And uh, we'll reveal or announce and uh, crown a champion and let our listeners know at the, during our bowl special. Uh, Jimmy G, you might speak to that just a touch and remind the listeners how the bowl special works, how the bowl pick em works. Oh, um, yes, usually we'll set up a group on uh, ESPN. Uh, I'm sorry for the four or five listeners that like to do the uh, rank all 75 bowl games in order of your confidence. Uh, we don't do that. We just You just pick a winner. Uh, you don't have to put 95 confidence points by the, oh, I hate the uh, confidence Advocate too. Bowl or whatever the bowl the ASU is going to, the Novocaine, uh, Arizona Bowl. Uh, so... Um, the uh, it's just straight up pick winners and losers, and uh, we what we really do like having our uh, podcast listeners join the group, and we'll give you the name of the group, and uh, you can pick along with us and see if you can outwit the experts. Uh, no. and, and normally that's, that's easily done. Uh, I think Tom Logan has actually gotten his picks in on time once in about seven years. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've won several titles. Oh, several. several titles. He's got the banners hanging at his house. So. Uh, yeah, uh, and as I, our host can correct me, usually we skip next week. That's why we do Army Navy this week. But then the, in a couple of weeks, we'll come back with our bowl special. And uh, again, we'll give you all the information for the bowl pick them. And again, you do not have to rank them. Uh, and Johnny always is so upset about this because he oh. loves making the games. <laughs> Love that deep, the deep, deep analysis. Uh, my favorite's the four and a half hours uh, college football final special. Where Jesse Palmer and uh, Pollock and McShay are all up there. I got this as a 39 in my confidence pick. Maryland over Northern <laughs> Illinois. And whatever. So uh, we hope all y'all will participate and we hope you've enjoyed our picks this year. Uh, the Razor Pod crew, everybody, including when I add up the week that Logan has picked, everybody's well above 500. So uh, 
Everybody was a little bit of Wally Hall this year with their picks. All right, there's a dream. <laughs> Thank you, Jim G. As always, uh, good good pick contest um, and good handling of the picks. Appreciate that, uh, Tom Logan. We have mail. We do. Uh, we have at least one listener who hasn't quite let let go of the rope uh, as yet, and and uh, long time uh, listeners to the podcast may be able to guess who it is, and it's none other than our old friend, uh, one of our oldest friends on the show, um, uh, Tracy in Tulsa. And he, uh, <laughs> he notes that for many, uh, there's, uh, dreams of bowling and, uh, and recruiting season. And we, uh, we're going to skip the bowl and go straight to the recruiting season and coming off a 10 loss season. And we do at least, uh, we do at least have memories of those, uh, trips to Atlanta that we were once on. Uh, even though we were 0-3, uh, they were still trips to Atlanta. And uh, maybe we'll make it back there again uh, one day as soon as uh, Saban retires. And uh, we, have a, uh, we have a couple more of these top 20 recruiting classes in a row. Uh, although Tracy does note that only five of the top 10 in-state players have committed to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know, by all accounts, I think we've probably got the cream of the cop, crop from the from the in-state uh, group, and uh, have picked up quite a few uh, from other states. So uh, that's really the hope uh, that uh, we have. And of course, uh, Tracy does point out um, that Tom Logan was not the champion uh, last year of the Capital One Bowl Mania. It was Tracy, Tracy in Tulsa, 2017-18 Capital One Bowl Mania <laughs> Razor Pod Group champion. Is how he signs off. Now and that so is we, a title. We can fully expect that uh, Tracy will be there to defend his title again in uh, the 2018-19 Capital One Bowl Mania Razor Pod Group. And so I encourage all of our listeners, especially those that write in, um, to the pod, join up. It'll be under usually under Razor Pod, and I think it's public. Uh, there's probably not another one in there, so uh, <laughs> um, join up. That's it for the mailbag. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. Appreciate your service through the year. Um, Tom and I were talking offline that you know the loyal listeners stayed fairly loyal this year, even in in the face of a, a rough. Uh, Razorbacks football season so uh, we do appreciate y'all continuing to support the Razor Pod and uh, listening and sending in your your great emails all right um, with that I believe Johnny it's time for a rant I'm going to turn to you first I'm in a good mood tonight guys the holidays my only rant, which this week could be all year long. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> that it is, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Johnny. Uh, Tom, do you have a rant? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with Johnny. We, I ranted at the beginning of the year, or the beginning of the show, about the, about the hogs, and I've you know, made my peace with it now and uh um ready to move on to 
greener pastures of 2019 and the hopes that maybe the uh, the old lady liberty will welcome us with <laughs> welcome us with his arms in Memphis, Tennessee next year as the 6 and 6 hogs roll in against perhaps <laughs> Bill Snyder in Kansas State oh, again God. Wow! In the, in, in the dank Liberty Bowl, hope. we could only dare to hope. All right, guys. Well, uh, does anybody have a rant? No. Who else is left? I don't know. Patrick uh, wins again. Doesn't throw it to me. Jimmy G, would you like to rant? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to do a deep dive on the ACC championship game. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, oh uh, yeah, no rants. Uh, it's about 77 – they're not 77. It's about 70 – inside of 80 days till hog baseball starts. So, uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, hopefully that all these great recruits that have committed sign on the dotted line in December. And then we add a few more in February. So, uh, let's put this season behind us. And uh, looking forward, as Johnny and Tom both said, the holiday season. Uh, should be good times. And – uh, things slow down and uh, people can enjoy uh, Christmas time in Arkansas. Hopefully, with their Ned Permie. Oh, oh man! <laughs> oh man! I can hear it ringing in my ears. <laughs> it's the best part of the holiday season. <laughs> God, I thought somebody was about to about to play it. It was going to be sweet. That's going to um, be the out music after you edit this, right? Oh after yes. Post song. You'll have a time in Arkansas. There's there's nothing. More meticulous than my post-production razor pod. <laughs> hours and hours spent getting the thing ready for publication. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it has been a pleasure, as always, to talk about really, really crappy football with y'all. <laughs> Hello, we didn't even spend one second talking about Missouri tonight. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> just totally skipped it. Uh, I, I really honestly couldn't even see it very well. I mean, <laughs> the, the cameras couldn't even keep the rain off. They were a little foggy. Yeah, you couldn't even tell what was going on. It's like the blue bonnet bowl in the fog. I'm like, what? <laughs> All right, guys. I started, I started drinking. It looked a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> You must have had a lot. No, I did. I was, hey, I had to finally break out the natty. They're just going to get stale in my fridge. It wasn't victory. The season was over. <laughs> the victory beer will not keep. No. <laughs> it, it doesn't age well, that's for sure. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks again. It, it's been a, a tough slog, but, you know, <laughs> better times are on the way. Are they? And, uh, <laughs> It's not really Come on, Johnny. It's the holiday season. Come on. It's, don't it's, bring me down. It's the holiday season. It's got to be because we don't really have anywhere to go but up. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks again. We'll be back to you in a couple weeks with the bowl special. And then maybe after that, uh, perhaps a basketball or a baseball podcast. <laughs> For this one. All right. So. Have a great night. Have a great uh, holiday season. We'll be back to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for joining us.